0: Hello and welcome to the bullpen. Today we've got Texans County on. We're going to be mourning the end of the Texans season and and talking a little bit of early off season stuff. All that and more from the bullpen. Well, hello, and thanks for joining us on the bullpen. I'm James Roy. Tom's with me, and we've got a special guest, Texans County, a.k.a. Dylan Delgado. Dylan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. I'm excited to be with y'all. How are y'all doing? All right. I'm good.
0: I appreciate
2: you taking the time. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I know.
0: Um, the Texans season is over, and and that's, I guess, what we're here to do. I was I was kind of hoping, because we had discussed doing this before, that game, and I was kind of hoping we'd be talking like, "Oh yeah, wow, shock the world," and then now we're AFC. The Chiefs aren't anywhere, but here we are, uh, at at home for the for this uh, this Super Bowl. CJ Stroud will, in fact, be free for the Pro Bowl if uh, if he gets called for that. So, how do you how do you feel? Just general thoughts on the game and like how the Texans performed.
1: I mean. It wasn't pretty. Um, I think the first half was 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 really good. I mean, it the offense looked the offense looked not existence at all. I mean, the O line just couldn't do anything. I think the Texans kind of threw in the not threw in the towel, but I mean, they beat themselves up in the first. You easily could have walked out of that first with the ten point lead. Had you, you know, eliminated two or three of the false starts you had. Had Kaimi Fairbear not missed a a kick. You know, had – there was another penalty. I can't remember. It wasn't a false start. It was – there was one other penalty in the first half that I was like, this is brutal. Um, And, you know, had Dalton Schultz not dropped a pass, you're in field goal range and you probably had a field goal. So, the first half was solid. The defense defense did their job. They struggled, uh, I think. My my thing that I noticed was D'Amico uh, started doing that five or six-man blitz at the end of the first half, which was a good adjustment, but he did it too soon because they knew what was coming in the second half. And they said, oh, well, this is working. Let's just counter that. And then we were screwed for the entire second half. So I think um, that's something D'Amico will learn is, hey, how do we adjust to that better? Um, and, you know, we – end of the day, we exceed expectations and – I, I, mean, I think we all knew that this game was not going to be easy. I think we all knew that there was probably no chance we win it. Um, just knowing how good that Ravens defense is and how how hard Lamar is to contain. I mean, the guy balled out uh, the run. The run, the run was not there, and CJ had no time to do anything. So it's it's hard, um, but all good things come to an end at some point, and we'll be back next year. It's like CJ said to Will. I mean, you know.
0: Don't cry. We're we're gonna do better next year. It's all good. Yeah, we should Patrick even have Storms to in the it. chat says good evening. Yeah. Hey Pat, nice to
1: see you. Uh, what were you saying? Don't sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I was just saying. Yeah. I mean, we weren't even supposed to have seven day wins, and and here we are. So there, there's not much to complain about. Uh, it, it sucks seeing a season end, but at the end of the day, I mean, we did what we did, and that's all we can be. That we can just be proud of that.
0: No, yeah, left it all out there. Um, speaking to Dalton Schultz, I hate. I, I will probably bounce back and forth, but there's been that's been a, a contentious topic um, for Texans fans because there there are some that will tell you, hey, Dalton Schultz, by all means, re-sign him, absolutely, and there are others that will tell you that that you know a, a replacement level player, whether it's from the draft or in free agency, could come at a significantly lower cost. It's a place where the Texans could cut costs. What what do you make of Dalton Schultz's season as a whole, and do you, how likely do you think it is that the Texans keep him?
1: Um, I like Dalton. I think he had a really good year. I think you don't win that first game against the Titans without Dalton. Um, but I think Dalton's also had his moments where he was that he was non-existent. Uh, like the first two games, it felt like they didn't use him. And I don't know if that was just CJ wasn't comfortable yet or Slowick didn't know how to incorporate Dalton. Um. I'd love to keep Dalton because I think you can never have too many weapons, but I don't want to overpay Dalton, um, especially because Brevin Jordan. I mean, these last two games, Brevin looks real good. Um, he's got speed. Brevin's kind of got what I what I would look for in a tight end. Uh, he's got playmaking ability, um, but I think I think he'd be ready to kind of take a bigger leap. Um, but I still think Dalton Dalton's a valuable asset to this team, but if Dalton's won 12 mil a year or something crazy, I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think he's worth that. I don't know what he's asking, but I think I think we will be we signing for six mil, eight mil this offseason. So he signed him for nine. Do you yeah. think he's earned a raise or if we can get him at that same rate, is that cool? I wouldn't mind keep, keeping him at the same rate. I think, honestly, I feel like his stats regress a little bit in my opinion. So do you consider that a down year and say, hey, we'll give you another, you know, we'll give you a seven year, you know, $7, 000, $7 million deal. I don't... I don't know. I think that's a uh, Nick casario has got a really hard job this year with, with the free agents we've, we have, you know, with Schultz, Singletary, Grenard, Cashman, Fairbairn, Johnston. Like we got a lot of key guys. And I think, you know, do you, do you say we would rather go sign a big, a big free agent wide receiver or both the defensive line or, Hey, would we want to keep Dalton Schultz around? Like these are the decisions you have to make. And I think Dalton has been a playmaker and Dalton is a very good tight end. But at what cost, how how much, you know, when you have Tang Dell back and you have an existing run game, do you need Dalton? Or can you be fine with Brevin and Tegan Quintariano, however you say his name? TQ! Um, Because I think people (laughs) forget that we still have Tegan, and he was hurt all year. But Tegan and Brevin are solid. Um, I'm curious to see what they do and how they approach it. But I'd like to keep Dalton if I could. But what do y'all stop Shout out to the guys
0: on Locked On Texans because I was listening to them and I was like, Tegan, who, and then they're like, "Oh, TQ." I was like, "Okay, yeah, TQ." I can get with that. That that's easy. That's the best way. To, that's the best way to go with it. <laughs> Just gotta shorten it. I can say it, but
2: TQ's easier. Tom, what are your thoughts on Dalton Schultz's impending free I'm really sur- agency? I'm really surprised he's he's been like under the microscope for this last game, as opposed to the entire season. I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter where people are calling him out for not blocking, and 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 there was some plays where clearly the run game did not get off because. The guy he was required to block, just free run, free run. So, I I mean, I'm a little torn when you see plays like that. You kind of go, I I need that guy to be able to be a a dual threat guy. I don't necessarily get enough tape, or maybe I'm just not watching enough tape of Brevin Jordan to see if he could be that dude. I know that everybody's kind of pegged their draft picks, right? Oh, safety, if they don't, you know, corner, line, edge, like where do you fit tight end and all that? So I don't know what the free agent market looks like. I don't know that there's anybody, an an improvement from Dalton. So you could go down and just get a blocker. But I feel like this is a high powered offense. They're trying to build, right? They're trying to have weapons everywhere. So that's where I'm torn. I, I totally agree with, with, with Dylan. I think it makes a lot of sense to not overpay this guy when you'd rather spend your money elsewhere. But at the same time, I really know that there was a couple games that you don't win. with. Like he said, without Dalton, you don't win those games. And you need to have that threat. There's a guy up the seam being able to make
1: plays like that. You need that on your team. So another thing, and I should have said this in my first take, but I agree with what you said. But I think also we got to remember the, the second Titans game. It was, it was CJ's first game back. And our fullback was out. And they kind of used Brevin in like this three-dimensional role where he was a tight end on some plays, he was a fullback on some plays, and he was even lined up at wide receiver and some kind of wide receiver and vibe in some plays. And and that's I liked that. Like they didn't know what Brevin was gonna do. And Brevin had that was probably his best game of the season, besides, you know, his his big play in that in that other game. But like that was probably bet Brevin's best well-rounded game. So Part of me is like, yeah, go out and get Henry, because Hunter Henry's a free agent. Go out and get Hunter Henry or Dalton Schultz and then keep Brevin in this kind of dynamic role where he's almost like you don't know how you're going to use him, kind of like Kyle Juszczyk is used in, in San Francisco. Sometimes he catches a pass, sometimes he's running, sometimes he's just blocking. Um, and if you're, if you're lining Brevin up in different ways, you might confuse some people because he has that playmaking ability to line up as a wide receiver if you wanted to because of his speed. You know, he could be a running back in in some form because he was a running back his whole career. So I'd be curious to see if they if they try to use Brevin a little differently and stick to to Dalton or go get Hunter Henry, who has experience with Nick Casario, I believe, because he was in New England for four years, I think. So that's that that's a that's a thought that just popped in my brain. I mean, I think that. So either way, I
0: think that's going to be a balance between the wide receiver decision and the tight end decision. There needs to be experience in that room, and Woods and Schultz were were that experience this past season. Um, And so if they don't keep Schultz, I don't think they go to the draft for a tight end unless they sign like Mike Evans. If they were to sign Mike Evans, right? if they wanted to blow that amount of, of salary cap space on wide receiver, then yeah, go ahead and draft a tight end to develop because now you have that experienced, reliable target. And that kind of brings me into another point, but actually before I start that Brevin Jordan, I do love what Brevin Jordan has done. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I really was excited when we drafted him because of the potential that was, that was said about him. Everything I read about him said, Oh, he's gonna be a great receiving tight end, excellent player, excellent guy. And so watching him struggle in, you know, the, the purgatory that was being on the Texans for the first two years of his career, um, you know, I, I'm happy for him. I'm incredible. Or sorry, I guess first year of his career, rookie year. Um, I, I'm happy for him. Um, but but segueing into the the discussion of wide receiver, I, I made a comparison earlier on Twitter, and I kind of wanted to bring it up here. Um, look, I always look at the Bengals and what they did drafting Jamar Chase, where they and obviously they had a lot higher pick. The, the Jamar Chase comparison for this draft would probably be uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. But the comparison still stands that. They basically everyone was like the Bengals need an lineman. Joe Burrow has no one protecting him. They need to draft an O lineman. And then they said, well, what if we just give him someone who's usually open and that he can just throw it up and get it to? And so looking at that strategy, they already had you know T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and they went in and they grabbed Jamar Chase and kind of stacked that receiving core into a, a reliable three. Texans have two of those three pieces right now. They have. They have their Tyler Boyd and Tank Dell. I would say a much better Tyler Boyd and Tank Tank Dell. Um, And then they have Nico Collins, who had a really good season. But I think outside looking and not knowing who they bring in is likely the T Higgins role, but could be could be the Jamar Chase of the group, I think. But um, looking at what the options are at wide receiver for the Texans, do you think there's someone in free agency or that would be available in a draft that could fit that third wide receiver the Texans need that would make it make
1: sense? I'll I'll start off. I I would I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed. I think a lot of people are expecting Mike Evans or T Higgins, and I just don't think I don't think that's realistic for the Texans. I don't I don't see a world as much as I want one of those guys. I don't see a world where Nick Casario says I have seventy million in cap space. I have Tane Dell and Nico Collins. Let's go at another wide receiver. One I just don't see that. Um, but like I could see a world where you know maybe he offers Tyler Boyd some kind of contract. You know maybe he offers. Shoot a guy like Josh Reynolds or Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know if Ridley's going to get a crazy payday. Uh, I feel like he was very hit or miss this year. Um, I, if I'm right, Gabe Davis is a free agent. So like one of those type of guys, um, or even you know Michael Pittman. Um, I, I think I would be more intrigued to adding a guy who, who can come in and, and help, but not take. Over a role from from Nico or, or Tank because I think you have your wide receiver one and two. If you can add another guy who can be a wide receiver two, that's big. Um, and I, I think we need another speed guy. You have Nico who can who can catch anything and who's very underrated. You have Tank who's speedy can can be shifty, make plays, but you don't really have your Tyreek Kill, Jalen Waddle, you know type of type of guy. Obviously, those are those are generational guys that are known for their speed but getting a guy like you know like i said any of those guys but you know i i think that is more realistic i don't, I don't see Pittman getting a crazy bag uh, at least not what Pittman what higgins and evans are gonna get i don't see ridley getting it because i think ridley just still has more to prove that he can still play i think he will be better in his second year back but um uh, I would be more in, intrigued about that. I would still personally love to re-sign Noah Brown. He's not going to be expensive. Keep him as your wide receiver four because you need depth. And two, Noah Brown, he's a solid blocker. He you can use him in some different ways. And I, I'm a firm believer that you can never have too much talent in, in a wide receiver room. And having Noah Brown as your wide receiver five, wide receiver four, that's not bad uh, in the draft. I mean. You could draft someone. I don't know if I think a quarterback is a much bigger need to spend your first round pick on, uh, especially, I, I don't, I don't see a world where Steven Nelson resigns. signs um, but I, I would, I would not priori- prioritize a wide receiver in the first round. If you know someone that's a baller falls to round three or Hey, you're able to get one around two, go for it. But I think there's bigger needs and, CJ and Tank year two will be crazy. CJ and Nico year two will be crazy. And if you just add a a solid vet that has experience that can only get better with a better quarterback, I think you're going to be in a better place.
0: And I like your pick of Michael Pittman. I think that that's like a guy who I don't want to say underperformed in Indianapolis, but I think that there's more potential to
1: be unlocked with him. Yeah. I just don't think he'll leave. I don't see a world where they let him leave because who do they have? No Alec Pierce, the deep threat, you know? You're right. Josh Downs, who had a good year, but I just don't see a, wor- a world where they say, yeah, we'll, we'll let Michael Pittman walk when they have a franchise tag. And I don't think the Colts are losing anyone else really big this year. So that's, that's the challenges. I don't even, and with Ridley, I don't think the, the Jags will let him go either. So the market's going to simmer down, but I think T. Higgins and Evans are just, I, those don't seem realistic as much as we all want it. It doesn't seem realistic to me.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I, and I'm I'm not high on Ridley, but Tom, what are your thoughts on this I, wide receiver
2: conundrum? I saw something on Twitter earlier about trying to be talked into Gabe Davis, and I can wrap my head around that. I think I'm worried around, I'm worried injury. Same thing with Noah Brown. Worried injury. These are guys that are injury prone. You really want somebody to be there because we saw what happened when some of the other guys got nicked up. You were having to account for Xavier Hutchinson. You were having to Hope John Mechie was going to do something. You were having to hope maybe Steve Sims or Robert Woods or all these other guys that you didn't bring in for that to be those guys. So I can't I'm I'm with you guys. I don't think they can draft a guy. I think they already have their guys in John Mechie and Xavier Hutchinson to kind of develop. I think they really need to go out and get a vet. And uh, Gabe Davis was a name that I heard earlier that I could I could kind of get with because I like you said uh, Dylan, I don't think he's going to cost a ton I think he's going to be something that you can get fairly cheap and I'm more interested in I don't know if we're going to get to it or not but what they're going to do at running back because it's funny you bring that up I, I I feel like I feel like D'Amico kind of like laid some breadcrumbs like hey we're we're going to address running back. And I, I wonder if they're not happy with Devin Singletary. Want to upgrade there? And so, there's some names that you could go get that would be very sexy in a Texans uniform. And I'm just, I'm just curious.
1: Real quick, an, another wide receiver prospect that I, I didn't think of, and he's injury prone as well, in my opinion. Marquise Brown, I think he'll be super cheap. Uh, but also, whatever Texans fan wants a DeAndre Hopkins trade, Vrabel's out. The only reason he went to Tennessee was Mike Vrabel. Do we see? Do we see DeAndre Hopkins request to trade because Mike Vrabel's out? I'm not saying that's the case, but he has. I mean, he's had only good things to say about Houston. He still lives here. I mean, if you could trade your fourth round pay that the Cleveland gave you for DeAndre Hopkins, there's your wide receiver issue, and you still a veteran with sticky hands. I mean, that's what more could you ask for? I mean, could you imagine Nico? Hopkins and Tank, I mean, that's, that's elite. that that's lethal. That's, that's scary. It's perfect too, because like that
0: whole situation, like the big reason I'm all for adding another receiver. Some people will tell you like Nico Collins and Tank Dell are there and we've got other guys in the room and at, you know, that's cool. But Tank Dell spent half the season on IR. Nico Collins has had his fair share of injury history. Yeah, That third guy is there to make sure that one, when they're all healthy, that receiving core is undeniable, right? But when they're not, there's two other guys that can still give C.J. something to throw to.
1: Well, and think about adding Hopkins. Like, look what he's done in Tennessee when he's really the only weapon. I mean, Traylon Burks is all right, but, I mean, when it comes to passing it, they don't have much. And DeAndre Hopkins has carried that receiving core on on his back in in some ways, and he could still do that, and he's proven that. So if you can go and trade, you know, heck, I'd even trade a third for him just because he's Hopkins, you know, but... That that's a bit of a reach, but if you can trade for him and and have that as your foundation, um, and imagine your Nico Collins, your next superstar, learning from Hopkins, I think that that can only help him. So that would be my that would be my sleeper trade and my like, you know, dirty wish that I wish would happen, but I, I doubt it. I don't I don't think Hopkins will leave. I think he's kind of happy where he's at in some ways, but he only went there because of Vrabel, and Rabel no longer that coach, so. I mean, I
0: think we all thought at one point we were like, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, that would be all right. There's some people that like it's the same people that are frustrated that Andre Johnson went and signed with a division rival are like really lording that over him, like as if he's not in the building every day, you know, hyping up the team. But I, I'll say this. So the last thing I'll say about the receiver conversation is my biggest target that I think could realistically fall to the Texans that I'm like, if he gets close or because she was known to move around. If it gets close and he's still on the board, I'd be okay with maybe giving something up to go after him. It is I, I watched this last season Keon Coleman tear it up at Florida State, even even when Jordan Travis went down. Like he is is a really solid and I think he fits the bill of like an ultra talented wide receiver that could fit in this receiving core with you know Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Um, but in the chat, we had a couple of, of uh of messages from uh pop out swipe and i you know, i saw them and i was trying to find a good time and and tom brought up the running back thing and it's perfect cuz his first question um i wish i could put it up but it's on instagram so i can't put it up on the screen but uh he said how y'all feel about ray davis and bucky irving so ray davis from uh i believe kentucky i'm not super deep in my draft research but i know they're running backs and before i let y'all talk i'll just speak my piece personally for me, it's Jonathan Brooks and Blake Corum. Those are the two guys. Blake Corum, more realistically, but those are two guys I'm looking at that I think the Texans could definitely take a flyer on, or you know, definitely draft if they don't like make a big move in free agency. But how do y'all feel about the running back position?
1: Yeah, uh, I, it's clear they need someone. I like Motor. He had a really good back half of the year. I'd love to. He's cheap. I'd love to have him be the RB two. Um, I, this is this might be a little crazy, but I, I I think there's trade value in Damian Pierce, and I don't I don't think that this is his system. It's just not. I unless Slowick leaves and they you know they do something different, which I don't want Slowick to leave. I don't. There is a there is a world where people want that, but whatever. Um, I I don't think Damian Pierce really has. I, I don't know if he'll have a role in this system. Like they moved to the kick returner, and he he doesn't get carries anymore. So I. I think it's evident they want to move on from him. Um, Michigan's RB2, Anderson, I think it was his last name. Um, that guy really impressed me in the college uh, football playoffs. Bro had a bro had a game, and I think he's a later-round prospect. So he would be draft-wise, him and Quorum, both of those I think are ballers. Uh, but if we're talking free agents, man, there's some intriguing names. Now, I'm not one who believes in paying running backs a lot of money, but – uh, I've seen what Christian McCaffrey can do to a team uh, that D'Amico Ryan's coached, and I firmly believe that a guy like DeAndre Swift, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Saquon, or Derrick Henry could just transform this offense. Uh, and I'm not saying they're going to pay either of those guys, but, you know, you go out and get one of those guys or shoot even someone like A.J. Dillon, I think that'll that'll help i don't i i don't i don't know who they'd get but i hate the idea of paying a running back but if you you want to get a playmaker and really give cj a run game your play action is gonna go crazy tangel and nico are gonna have a better year i mean like you can do so much more when you have a playmaker in that backfield the texans lack that all year like devin singletary had his moments but you didn't know if he was going to ball or if he was going to be terrible. Like, you didn't know going into a game what you were going to get. And, uh, those, there's five or six days in free agency that are really, really attractive. Um, and like Austin Eckler had a really bad year. So, does he deserve the big contract? Does he deserve that one year proven deal? You know, I'd, I'd easily give him that, you know, that one year, $6 million and then, you know, $5 million in incentives. Let him come ball for us for a year. And then, you know, if you want to keep him, you keep him. If you want you franchise tag him and trade him, whatever, um, I'd be really intrigued. I don't know if Nick will do it, but it, it seems obvious to me that Demi goes ready to move on and get like get a running back. And I don't think they're going to spend high draft picks on a running back. That just doesn't seem wise. I think if it's a fourth round or later, they will. But f- first three rounds, there's so much talent that we need in that draft. So no, um, I, free agency. I feel like I feel like Nick's going to do something. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, but I'd be
0: intrigued. He's given us no reason to believe he won't do the right thing, uh, at least in in some subjective sense. Right. So, I mean, I'm intrigued by Saquon. I think that they can get Saquon at a discounted rate because of his injury history, and I think that when he's healthy, um, he's definitely um, in that same conversation as as McCaffrey in terms of in you know injury prone oh, yeah. running backs that can take over a game. And so I'd be intrigued to see if the Texans pursue it. But Tom, what are, what are your thoughts? I know that he, that there were some things thrown around about Damian Pierce at the beginning, and that's um that's your favorite player on the Texans. So no, he's
2: not my favorite player for the Texans. He's just I I don't believe that the book has been written on Damian Pierce. I, I really don't. I think of all the guys that got an unfair shake that that got a chance to play and then proved they could play, he was like the least of them. You know. Damian really didn't get a chance to do anything with an offensive line that would block for him, and even Motor proof that if they're not going to block, it doesn't matter. So I think uh, Damian Pierce in the system for another year with an off season with a chance to get a better grip on things could be a good RB two. But if you're going to go spend some money, which I think and, and and you're right under a normal or Dylan's right under a normal scenario, you would not pay a running back right. Your money spent elsewhere. Quarterback, wide receiver, left tackle, defense, edge rusher. Right now, the Texans don't have that problem, so you can afford to spend some money on a running back right now because you're not paying a premium edge rusher. You're not paying a premium quarterback. Hell, you're really not paying a premium wide receiver unless they go out and pay one. They're they're, they're not. So well, they're, next year when Nico's a free agent. Though, true, so. true. But again, the the other guys are still on rookie deals. So if you wanted to go get a 25-year-old Josh Jacobs and put him behind a revamped offensive line with a couple extra people, I mean, the sky's the limit. A- a- and that's still a dude who's young enough, plenty of tread on the tires, a little injury history, but I love Saquon too. Saquon's a little older, but I, I think Arian Foster-ish, those times when they run, pass, option, and, and you just eat. Like, like they have to be concerned with all of it. Play action, dumb. Yeah, I mean, you've seen what they're able to do without a real run game with the play action. Imagine with a run game and then go play action. So, I, I can't get there fast enough for me.
1: Also, all, all you said something about Amy Pierce, I will agree. He he got he he got he got a crappy stint this year. I think also, Singletary wasn't good until he had a chance to build momentum. Pierce never got the opportunity to build momentum. Like. So I, I'll give him that. I do think keep him around would be great. But if he has a bad training camp and you can get a, you know, a fourth round pick for him, you know, a late third, because he does have that potential. I, I would be willing to move off of him, but I know a lot of fans do love Damien and I think he's a good locker room guy. So that's the, that's the challenge you walk is you want to keep those veteran, not veteran, but like those leaders that are fun and bring life to the locker room. So.
2: And the other thing, too, he doesn't cost you anything. Like, as far as an RB2 goes, he's so cheap. You're going to have to go draft another guy. Yeah, you kind of reset the clock, but then you're also not – got to train him, too, right? So you got a guy that's already been there. You're basically starting over with somebody new
1: to do the same thing. Yeah. Damien did flash at times where he could be a very explosive. Yeah, if he just gets his vision better and he can see the open holes in a line, he'll be a baller cuz he is no doubt that he can run people over. I mean, we saw that last year, but that man just can't see an opening on a line <laughs> right now and and that that's that's the sad part is if he if bro could be Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry if he could just see an opening in a line.
0: The term seeking contact has been used by me several times on our podcast. Um Someone in the chat, 713 Izzy, um, when you said it wouldn't hurt, said it would hurt. So that's their opinion. Um, personally, I it, what, what I get from this whole conversation, it, it kind of alludes to a topic that's been... I, I'm going to try and articulate this without sounding dumb um, because I feel like sometimes when I talk about this topic, it, it sounds like I might not know what I'm talking about. Um, but the Texans offensive line went through a lot this this season with injuries and, and shuffling and kind of settled into a groove. They were known to be a lot better at pass blocking than run blocking throughout the duration of the season. That can't be denied. I feel like the Texans offensive line is in this weird position where they're like, there's, a no, there's, there's reason to believe there's room for improvement, right? The performance, especially in the run blocking game, lends credence to maybe doing something about it. But then when you think about it, and you look at who's in that room, you know. Aside from Fant leaving, maybe some tackle depth would be nice, but but there's no guarantee that a player that they draft, even with high draft capital, is is guaranteed to be the guy. Because you know, Juice Scruggs stepped up and did a nice job. There's a lot of people are saying he bumps into center and Jarrett Patterson plays backup center, and that they need to find a left guard. Um, I mean, I you could argue that one of those two players could be playing left guard this next season. Or, or Kenyon Green. Kenyon Green is going to get another crack at it. So, I mean, there's this offensive line is in this weird state where I don't know. I feel like it's in a wait-and-see kind of position in my eyes. So I'd like to ask you all, do you think that, that the Texans may possibly just kind of, I don't know, sign a, a depth tackle in free agency and let this, this uh offensive line ride? Or do you think that there's any reason to do anything with it?
1: That's what I would do. I mean, you, you've invested too much money into the O-line at this point. Like I don't think you can afford to go and pay like Dalton Risner or someone available or spend high draft capital. Like you just can't, I mean, you you, Shaq Mason's locked up for four, three more years, getting paid a lot of money. Twinstle, I mean, highest paid tackle in football Titus Howard got a pretty big contract. Like you got three linemen that are paid a lot of your cap space. And I just don't see those three people have, I mean, they have solidified roles, Patterson and Juice both looked good at in their positions they played this year. I wouldn't mind keeping Patterson at center and putting Juice at guard. I know a lot of people feel like it should be flipped, but Patterson looked really good at, at center. And when you have you know, a good connection with a quarterback at center, you leave a B, in my opinion. But um, I, would, I would like to keep Fant as a backup, but I think he's going to cost you much for a backup tackle. So Fant tweeted –
0: and said like his thank you, H Town tweet. So I'm pretty sure uh, Fant is gone.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. They I mean, he I'm surprised he even got to start as long as he did. I don't know why Titus was never playing right tackle this year. That that kind of uh, is wild to me, but I think like you just can't you can't spend more money on the O line. Like keep Josh Jones or whoever you want as backups and roll with it. I mean, also people forget consistency is so important on the O line. Like we had, a, we, uh, you could probably look up and do the math of how many like different O-line structures we had this season. There was not consistency. So there was never this cohesiveness, even in training camp, it was changing every week. So I think when they give the chance to build chemistry and say, Hey, Juice, you're the center of Patterson, you're the left guard or whatever. The o line's going to work better cohesively because guys that are playing every week are going to play every week and they're going to, be on the same page. Twinsville is going to have less false starts because of that. Like it's all going to work together. I just don't think you can afford to, to spend too much cap on a a place you've already invested way too much cap in.
0: No. Yeah. And to clarify, so Josh Jones, also a free agent. Um, Michael Dieter is a free agent. I I keep him around. I I think that's a guy that's worth taking a flyer on for sure. Um, And I think Charlie Heck, I believe is also a free (laughs) agent. And that was wild. So, at early on, I agree with you, early on in the season I saw them play uh, Howard at guard and I was like, there's no way that the gain that we get from playing him at tackle is not more than whatever Fant is giving us at tackle over you know, and Howard was serviceable at guard at, at the minimum, I mean, I don't know um, but looking at this team, the wilder thing to me was the attempt to start Heck over Fant for that like brief stretch I was like, why is Heck starting this game? But Tom what are your thoughts on the offensive line? Do Do you think there's anywhere they can make a move?
2: I think they can make something small, like get, like both of y'all said. I really don't feel like they they plan on making a move because they expect Kenyon Green to be something because Titus Howard comes back off of injury. So I mean, that that kind of spells your line right there. If you, if if Scruggs is going to be there, if if uh, I forget the center's name all of a sudden, but if you have all those guys. Yeah, exactly. If you have all those guys, there's your line. I mean, yeah, you want you want rotational guys. You want guys, you know, to back them up. But those are those are your guys, which if they're not going to spend the money there, where, where where are they spending their money at then? It'll be interesting. I, I don't know. I feel like they got to do something, even if it's a minor deal, but they got to do something. I mean, so uh, and uh, Dylan, you spoke to it earlier about the
0: adjustments that were made defensively in the playoff game against the Ravens. On our recap, I spoke to the offensive adjustments that were made towards the end of the first half um, when the Ravens' pass rush was getting there because that was the big knock, I think, was that all season long the Texans' pass blocking scheme was generally serviceable and at times above average, um, whereas the run blocking has always been the issue for this Texans team, at least this season. And so looking at this game, all of a sudden pass blocking wasn't working either. But late in the first half, Bobby started bringing in one and two extra blockers and Stroud had that extra second of time. And that's when he hit those throws to Nico and kind of moved. And that was those the drive where we moved into field goal range and scored a field goal. And then there was a couple other drives where like we sat ju- just like it felt like the whole game. We were just outside of field goal range and punting it. Um, but that movement came from an adjustment there and, and adding blockers. And I feel like that's kind of what it comes down to is, is that this team already has a serviceable offensive lineman Um, and barring, like, I don't know, the best left guard in the market coming available, you know, I, I think that they work with what they have and they try and just improve as run blockers. And maybe I think we're all, all of us for the most part would agree that it's probably more the offensive line's fault than the running backs for, for what the run game has become. But I think that the addition of a significantly better running back could also stand to benefit the the offensive lineman because maybe someone who has a better feel for their blockers might make them look better than they have um but from the chat we got would kenyon green be a starter i i mean he's not default this this offseason it was like oh kenyon green's gonna start at left guard and then people like started seeing him and they were like maybe juice scruggs could bump out to left guard and then they were like you know, maybe Patterson can step in. All, all of a sudden, everyone was trying to find everyone else to start at that position. But what are y'all's thoughts? Do, do you think Kenyon Green works his way into starting? What, what do you what do you make of Kenyon Green this next year? That's an interesting question in my eyes.
1: Yeah, that's that's hard. Um, it's tough. Because it was rough in preseason watching him, the one game he played or two games he played. And then his rookie season was, was a mess. You know, he was good in the run game. Well, he was injured during the preseason this year, and they yeah. were trying to push him through yeah. it. Yeah, that, that's also that. I think you got to give him a shot, but it wouldn't hurt to go sign a guy like Cody Ford from the Bengals, um, who is a serviceable starter um, as like a potential backup or as a potential another option. I think bringing in competition for that left guard spot would be wise. But I don't think you need to pay someone big, you know, unless Dalton Risner wants a you know two million, three million dollar deal. And sure, but um, um, I was pushing hard for us to sign Dalton Risner. Me too. You and I both, bro. Uh, I would, I would say give Kenyon the shot, but no, like, no going into that. Hey, this is Patterson, this is Patterson's job to lose. And if Kenyon balls out in camp, he wins it. If not, it's Patterson or Juice. Or you're gonna sign someone, but you can't afford money on it. So it just it it's still crazy to me that we chose Kenyon over someone like Tyler Linderbaum or you know some of those guys that were
0: available. Um, And that people will tell you Kyle Hamilton, right? And and I said I was like, if Kyle Hamilton's any bit a part of why the Texans lose, people will won't hear the end of that discussion. But there was other offensive linemen that have been serviceable that were drafted. After yeah. Kenyon Green.
1: Yeah, the Linderbaum. I mean, that, that that was one of the best. I think he was one of the best O line prospects we've seen in the center position. But uh, I was like convinced you're we going to get him. You know, Do you guys remember Kendrick Green? Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say. There's. I completely thing. forgot he existed, but he was so I, good. I could see him playing the left guard. He was bad in Pittsburgh, and everyone was clowning us for the move. Then he had a good game and a half with us, and then he got hurt. I'd like to see him. You know, I think you have you have good you have good competition. Just get a backup tackle, and we're good, bro. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't, I feel like we are we are we are deep in O line. People just forget how many injuries we have. We had signed that center in the offseason, too. From uh, I think he went to Miami in college, and he was rated like he he went undrafted or something, and had been on a few teams in the in the postseason. Oh, I can't remember his name. I'll have to go look up my Instagram in a minute, but. That guy had a lot of potential, and then I remember his like second day of training camp, he got hurt.
0: I think I know you. Uh, wait, I thought that was you you're talking about the guy who played for Miami, like the Dolphins, because that was Dieter.
1: No, 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 no. This guy went to Miami, like the University of Miami, I'm pretty sure. And uh, he had he literally had one day in training camp with us, and then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Like here, give me. I'm, I'm gonna look him up. You keep going. I'll I'll find it. All right, him. Tom. I know your thoughts on Kendrick Green,
0: or sorry, not Kendrick Green, Kenyon Green, but would you want to let everyone else in on
2: into the mind of Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they have to they have to attempt to get what they drafted. You know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. There's a million different ways the draft could have went for a bunch of other teams. I mean, Carolina's sitting there going, we could have had CJ Stroud. They're going to sit there and do that for the next, 20 years or whatever and it, you can't go back you gotta you gotta figure it out so i think Kenyon green is going to get every opportunity to be the draft pick that he was if it doesn't happen i, I truly believe that uh miko and the gang will go okay cut bait whatever we're going to be good without this guy Move him for a six round pick or something who knows i don't know but um injuries uh Dylan said it, man. Injuries were such a big thing with this line, and I think if they can just be healthy with some of the some of the role guys, Kendrick Green, a great name, um, they can be good. I just I wonder if they maybe need to get something schemed up as far as run blocking. Like if this offense just it lacks it, I don't know because they didn't have struggle running the football, and I get it, it's it's CMC, but they didn't struggle running the football in, in San Fran like this, like so. They got to figure that out because, regardless if they go get Saquon or Josh or whoever, if they can't
1: block for them, it doesn't matter. True. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was the lineman? Dylan. DJ DJ Scafi Scaffi. He went to. I remember that. The,
0: that the, was the I, that was he. a small. That was. I remember that though.
1: Yeah. No one. No one knew who the guy was. But like, bro was ranked one of like the, like. That is, he knew like one words for being an offensive lineman. Went undrafted. and The Packers cut him, and we signed him. And I was like, this guy might, this guy truly might win a starting job because of how many injuries we had. And then he got hurt, and I was like, well, this sucks. But um, I, I think they have good enough depth, you know, where they can they can make it work. But he, also, Slowick was the passing game coordinator. He was not the run game coordinator in San Fran, which is why we pass block so much better. Yeah, there we go. We figured it yeah. out. Also, CJ is a big part of why the fast blocking is better because that bro Keith plays alive. Um, I'm curious if Slowick leaves, if we see Clint Kubiak coming at all. I believe. It's fun fun that you bring that up.
0: That's actually I was going to bring that up. I'm going to catch us up on the chat real quick.
1: Yeah. Um, So someone said
0: CJ Stroud or Deshaun and in Instagram. I feel like that we don't need to talk about that because yeah. we all know we where all know. our answer is going to be. Um. Y'all, y'all think we should get Brandon? Brandon Ayuk, um, dude called out the um the Nico breakout season and Tank Dell, so he's feeling good. Brand, I didn't even know Brandon Ayuk was a free agent. I had not discovered that. Oh, I think I heard it, but I it I didn't even remember that when I was
1: considering it. I think it. he has an option or something this year. Maybe I'm wrong though.
0: I ha- I have trouble believing the the Niners and him don't like come to something and keep him there. I mean, and, and personally, if I'm a wide receiver in the NFL and I'm playing for a team like the 49ers with where they're at now and, like, with what their future holds, I'm probably going to try and stay there unless the money's just disrespectful. Yeah. But – and then what pick did we get for Kenyon Green? I, I think that means what pick did we take him with? I believe it was
1: 12 was the pick we took him with. It was 14. I think we traded back out of 12. I think I think, Kyle, I think Kyle Hamilton went 12. Yeah.
0: And then the last comment from the chat to catch us up, because you were kind of getting into it, so I wanted to get us caught up because this is... So Jeff showed up a little late, but he wants to know if Bobby move on moves on, who should we get for his replacement? Um, that's a fun topic to me because I think that Bobby Sloick, the that train has kind of slowed down a little bit in recent days with the way that, that the coaching carousel has shaken out and with the Titans hiring the uh, Bengals OC. Um but I mean, I I feel like, and Gerard Johnson's getting a lot of interest too. But I felt like he was next man up, and then Clint Kubiak was pretty much the next name that I had going. So, I mean, I don't know. How how do you feel about his odds of leaving and who's going to replace him?
1: I don't think. Uh, first of all, I don't think Slo will leave. I don't think he's ready. I I I get wanting to be ahead of the carousel and you know getting getting the you know getting the guy, but. He was so inconsistent this year that I just don't know if, if you can comfortably hire him this year. Like, I, I just don't feel like – I just don't feel like he's ready. Uh, he doesn't give me leader vibes where he's, like, super <laughs> vocal in the locker room. And uh, that, that that's my concern. But if he was to accept an offer, Jared Johnson, I think, is everyone's go-to, especially hearing what C.J. Shroud had to say about him. Kubiak Cliff Cliff Kingsbury,
0: maybe. Um I feel like Cliff Kingsbury. I feel like if we're looking at it, you have to keep it in the Shanahan tree. No, I agree, but,
1: but they almost they almost hired Cliff last year. So I mean, what do you uh Thomas Brown's another option? Uh if the Bills don't keep like if Joe Brady doesn't keep that Bills job, Joe Brady's another option. Uh I don't know. I, I just hope Slowick stays this year and that they can, you know, <clears throat> go another year without him. And I hope Johnson doesn't leave. They can just tell him, hey, man, you'll, you'll be the OC next year. You know, Slowick says they get a head coaching job. And who knows? Maybe Slowick doesn't ever want to be a head coach. You know, there's – what's he, what's that guy from the 49ers, their D-line coach Um, that we tried to make their D.C. Clifflin or what? I don't remember his last name, but whatever. That guy didn't want to be a D.C. So he just stayed in San Francisco to be the D-line coach. So – it's possible that Sloan doesn't want to be a head coach, but the money's there. So, you know, who I feel like it's a Ben Johnson
0: go. type situation. He's taking yeah, interviews this year knowing that he's probably not going to get hired because he wants to practice for next year when he can yeah.
2: realistically get hired. Now, Tom, what are your thoughts? So it's interesting that you mentioned Ben Johnson because he's out as OC in Philly. And I Did think I say that Ben Johnson, who's the guy? Dead.
1: In Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. Brian Johnson. Brian, Brian Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I w- I'm like throws me off every time too.
2: <laughs> so okay. but listen to sports talk on the way home. Ben Johnson was a name that they uh those guys floated around that if Bobby Sloak was to leave, that maybe he could come down and that wouldn't be a bad OC. Uh I agree with you, Dylan. I don't think Bobby Sloak's going anywhere. The one team that I was really worried about, if there was a team at all, was the Commanders. The Commanders are looking, because that GM was in San Fran, and uh, we talked about it on a previous podcast, but they're starting to look in a different direction. So while Bobby's taking second interviews, I think he took he's taking a second interview in Atlanta, but I feel like that job's for somebody else. I think there's still some big-name coaches out there that, that we don't know where they're going to go, like Pete Carroll. So I really think Bobby stays, and we're, it's much to do about nothing. Real quick on the Kenyon Green thing, uh, just to kind of finish it up. He was picked 15th and 15th, okay. the kid is only 22. So yeah. youth may be part of it. I don't
0: know. So to let you in. So we had a discussion on, on the bullpen before and I essentially compared Kenyon green to Derek Stingley in the fact that, you know, you know, when you take an offensive lineman with that high of draft capital, there's just expectations that he progresses and becomes a viable starter quicker then if you get him say in the second round or later, I think even the second round is high draft capital to spend on an offensive lineman. And so you'd expect a little bit more of them a little sooner. And so for me, like Derek Stingley, his injury history, he showed something and then was injured a lot, but he has been excellent in the time that he's played. Whereas the small sample size we've gotten of Ken Kenyon green has not been great. And he's been injured a lot. So that, He's in the same boat as Derek Stingley, but instead of having actually shown us anything, he hasn't, and so now that's why for me, I, I'm a little less patient with Kenyon Green. Like I, I, I do think the Texans give him this next season to kind of try and establish himself, but I, I think that the the rope is running out. Yeah. So that's what. And then looking into the chat, we had a couple more to catch up with. Pierce hits the hole hard. And has no vision. Singletary has vision, but does not hit the hole hard. Um, I think we can all mostly agree with that. Although I think Singletary, the reason he doesn't hit the hole hard is because he's got that jump cut that kind of catches. People. He like he'll like stick a foot in the ground and then like catch defenders frozen and then take off around him. But that yeah. just doesn't always work. I don't know. Um, and then draft Alabama's co- uh, cornerback Kool Aid McKinstry with the first round pick that, that was my first mock draft was Kool-Aid McKinstry, not just because of his name, which is really cool. Um, but because I think he's probably the most realistic person that meets the need that I foresee happening at cornerback with Steven Nelson, likely not coming back. Um, but that kind of brings me, I think that's the last question that we'll address today is, just early goings having I, I hadn't really gotten too deep into it I've only done one mock draft and it's way too early to know where the Texans are going to go but I'd like for each of you to give me your your ideal first round pick whether it's position or a specific player just go ahead and lay it out there
1: yeah real quick you mentioned corner um I'm all in go go pay go pay Jalen Johnson or Sneed don't draft one cool if you want to draft one go for it i love that but Go pay one of those guys. Those guys are ballers, and then them with sing is that's elite for years to come. But uh, this is hard because you could go a lot of ways in the draft. Uh, I'm f- I'm a firm believer that we're in a spot where you can kind of go best available, no matter what the position is, because it, it, it's worked for the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens do it every year, and, and they're so deep that I mean that team just has levels on levels on levels of talent. Um, that being said, I my personal preference is safety i think um unless you can go out and sign one like i think safety is a a huge need like we don't know we can't trust ward um we can't really trust petrie so um i would like a safety i haven't done a ton of scouting for this year um i think your guy would be carmen kitchens from uh yeah yeah that, that that sounds that sounds like a familiar name um yeah, I, I would I would lean towards safety. Or, but again, if 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 a wide receiver that falls that shouldn't be there falls, you go for it, right? If if a D lineman falls to be there, you go for it. I think best available is the only way to draft, and you're in a place where the Texans are at. Um, and then second, I, I would trade that. I would I would not rule out a trade out of the first pick. All right, and Tom,
2: I do not know who the. The, the Twitter post you just posted. Oh, but sorry. I,
0: he, so he put up his answer to the question, so I just threw it up there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree with him. Uh, for me, best available 100% for the reasons that Dylan pointed out. 100% agree. That's always seemed to work for every team that's able to do it. We don't care. We'll have seven of the same guy, and then we'll just figure it out. But uh, for me, I'd rather spend the money in the secondary because I just think it's hard to draft those guys. We've seen it time and time again where the Texans – Drafted a guy. Oh, this is going to be the guy, Kareem Jackson. And Kevin never Trump. turned Kevin Johnson. Yeah. And just never get that crap right. Never do. So for me, where they did get right was they went out and got an awesome edge rusher. And if I, I hope Grenard comes back, I, I do at a, at a reasonable price. Do I want to pay him top 10 pass rusher money in the league? No. Do I think it's going to take that? No. But if they just don't feel comfortable giving him that money, go get an edge guy and and pay the pay pay the secondary they're saying 16 to 22 mil where where at in that do you feel comfortable
1: paying annually for jonathan Grenard's services i don't know but on the terms of grenard i know that his agent is very well connected to the texans and has a lot of clients on the texans and is known to give out like hometown discounts in, in some regard of like hey if, if my guy wants to stay here like you treat him well like He'll take you know a little lesser pay. I just I just believe there's a team that's going to way overpay for Jonathan Grenard. Like I believe that he'll have that offer and he'll have it all offseason. He's going to test his market and he's going to be like, yeah, the Texans want to give me fourteen mil. Okay, we'll give you twenty. Like I, I, I just I it it doesn't it doesn't seem likely unless Nick can lock him up before and really like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna treat you well. We're gonna get you a ring um, in the terms of Grenard since you brought that up, but he's gonna be expensive. Someone uh, brought he up the franchise
0: shit. tag, for, which for Grenard's position is twenty mil. So, do you take a flyer with twenty mil? Give it, give it another year to see, or it seems steep.
2: That's for, for me, no. I mean, why? Why? Yeah. Just, just pay him then if you're going to do that. Man, the, I love just extending it, I've been his biggest yeah. advocate this offseason yeah. when people were like, "Well, you
0: know." You know, Will Anderson and Jerry Hughes are like they they were like really disrespecting Jonathan Gernard and I was like, That dude is, is a starter on this team easily. Led the team in sacks two years ago. What are we talking about? This is a, a and not the right conversation to be having right now. Why are we not so I'm all for him, but I think that I agree that there's a point and I think twenty mil seems a, a bit much of the it's basically a third of what the Texans will have to spend after all is said and done unless they do some, you know, work reworking. Um to lock up a defensive end which seems like a lot but yeah i mean i don't know from the chat kj the goat first time watching you guys by the way and he he had asked how he felt about mechie and if you think we should keep him um mechie's on rookie deal i don't think there's and he's also recovering from cancer so there's a lot of reasons why i probably would not look at touching that um (laughs) So the bills. Man, are sorry. I know you just recovered from leukemia <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense to
1: cut you, but I, to go back to the garage, I'd be comfortable paying them 15 a year, 15. I don't think I'd go above that unless it's like, unless the way it's structured is, Hey, you're getting 15 and then everything else is incentives. You know, you get 10 sacks, you get an extra mil every year. You get 15 sacks. You're going to get an extra five mil. Like I think, I think 15 mil for him, that's a lot. And then if you can incentive base it or if you're smart and start and front load his more and then like in two years, you're not paying him much. Like I'd be okay with that. I know that's why, we, like, that's why you know, we lost it on guys like Tremaine Edmonds and stuff. Cause we couldn't front load. You can afford to front load a little bit more this year. I'd rather free up that cap when you got to pay CJ, Nico and stuff. So, Looking at it that way, I, I'd be okay giving around fifteen, and if it's a little bit more front loaded, go for it. But I don't think much above fifteen makes a lot of sense to me. You know, do fifteen mil for five years or something. That's not that's not terrible. That puts him here what till he's thirty thirty one, and you can go elsewhere. You can draft someone. But I
0: couldn't have said it better. That's perfect. I mean, that's that's pretty much sounds about right. I saw the number at sixteen to twenty two million, and I was thinking it's got to be on the lower end of that. I, I I don't know, just just like knowing nothing, right? Like I look to Texans cap. If you don't follow them, do it uh, for yeah. all of my Texans cap questions because I don't know anything about it like that deep. But like I don't know, it, it makes sense to make it incentive laden and put a little lower on the end of that spectrum. So I can I can
1: get with that. Yeah, I just don't think you have reason to give a guy money when he stayed healthy for one year. I just. I think Grenard has to know that going into that. It's like it's not that you don't deserve this. Is that hey, you've been healthy once for a full season, and we can not give you our entire cap space if you can't stay healthy. So I think at this point, a multi-year deal Young. is
0: honestly a step of good faith, like locking him yeah. up for that
1: long. But I mean, if, if Chase Young hits your agency and you don't return Grenard, I'm all in go get Chase Young. I <laughs> think that could work.
0: I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I thought that the price that the commanders wanted for him was steep, but if if you if you can corner him in the free agent market, it's a whole different game, and yeah. and I think it fits. Like even even if you just try and get him, I, I don't want to say for depth. I feel like Chase Young is still like I don't know starting level guy to some extent. He just he just yeah, it, I feel like when you're if you move on from Grenard, you have to pay Chase Young significantly less because you're looking at a guy who has had far worse injury struggles than Grenard's had. You're wrong, not wrong. Um, let's see. I'm about to sound like Adam Scheffner after listening to y'all. Hello, group (laughs) chat about to be lit. Thanks, KJ, for listening for the first time. We appreciate you being in the chat. And Panthers Alert said, "What's up, County?" I don't know if you saw that, Dylan, but that that one's for you. Love it. You got you got some people that that are saying Heidi in the chat.
1: Hey, here for it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, on that note, um, I guess we'll kind of bring it to a close. It's been really fun. There's pl- going to be plenty of more to talk about this offseason. And Dylan, I'd, I'd hope you'd come on again at some point in the offseason to have a chat with us. Um, this has been the bullpen live. and Or if you're listening the next day, it's not live, but it was live. So um, just a few housekeeping items. Just started the Discord for the bullpen. I put out a feeler. It seemed like there was a decent amount of interest. The link's in the bio. Um for if you want to join it it'd be for the purposes of really just trying to help us improve as a show given direct feedback it'd be like a more direct link to us so if you're interested in that check it out um and yeah like i said on our recap going into the off season it's going to be a different kind of content we're feeling it out this is our first off season so uh just be on the lookout for whatever content we do put out because it's going to be lit um I am James Roy. You can find me at M1TexansFan on any social media platform. It's also how you can find the YouTube channel if you're looking for that. Um, Tom is Third Coast Tom. He's on X. That's what he calls it exclusively. He, he took to the change really well. He's never called it Twitter since that day. Um, no, he only calls it Twitter because that's what it is. And Dylan, let the people know where to find you at.
1: Yeah, I'm on Instagram and uh, Twitter, or as Tom would call it, X. Uh, on at Texans County, so follow me. Uh, hope to be back on here with uh, with these boys soon. It was fun. So, all right, awesome. It. Well, as
0: always, stay classy, Houston, and vamos Texans. Thanks for tuning into the bullpen, a Texans podcast part of the Fans First Sports Network. Please like, comment, subscribe, and follow along for more Texans talk from the bullpen.